Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. G'day guys and girls. Welcome to the SC Playbook question and answer podcast. Tim Williams on deck. Take questions ahead of Supercoach BBL round one. For anyone new to the subscriber podcast, how it works is it goes out to everyone. Anyone can listen to it, uh, but we do get the the questions from the SC Playbook subscriber WhatsApp chat. Uh, I'll answer them a day or two out from uh, from the first ball of the new Supercoach round and get stuck into it from there. What it also allows us to do is drop any updated trade captaincy plans that might come out after uh, the SC Playbook podcast recorded earlier in the week. Now. Let's get stuck into it because we are seven hours away from the first ball of BBL 13. First question for the season. Uh, This will be a regular feature from SC Playbook throughout the BBL tournament. The other thing it it enables us to do, like we know Big Bash is such a volatile beast, you know, especially when weather comes into consideration, things change so, so quickly with our teams, our trades, our skippers, uh, even looking at this round, the Brisbane Heat, Game two of their triple game week to start the season. Looks like there's going to be a ton of rain over in Adelaide. So that has big implications on on what we do with our teams and our trades. So again, a great opportunity, this podcast, just to keep things as fresh and relevant as we can. The first question comes from Daz, one of the greats of the WhatsApp chat. Uh, also looking after a lot of our, our late mail and recycling and getting in there to keep people up to date as well. So Daz says, where are you all with Paul Walter and Marcus Stoinis? Are they in or out of your teams? Have you cooled on either of them, both of them? What's the thing with them? Cheers. Marcus Stoinis has been in my team from day dot. I just think at $116,000 with a bloke of his pedigree, he's coming off a winning World Cup campaign, he's bowling as well. So, you know, like we're not going to sit there and bank on him bowling four overs, but any additional bowling he has is going to be a massive bonus. Look, the issue is if in tonight's game he comes out and he bats at number five, and there's you know if there if there's a lengthy bowling lineup that the stars uh, do produce, we know Harris Ralph is going to miss the first game of the stars double, so there will be a little bit of uncertainty, and then he'll be back for game two. It is expected. If Stoin gets named to bat at number five and it's a deep bowling roster, look, there's Definitely merit in not picking him. As it stands, I'm going to stick strong with him. I really hope he's in the top three, but look, he could be at number five. Glenn Maxwell's come out and said that he'll be batting at number four. So 
Stoin is in my team uh, as it stands and probably won't go anywhere, but I hope he's not named about at five. Just don't need these decisions, uh, any more decisions for round one. As for Walter, look, he's not a bloke I've really tinkered with too much in my draft teams. I've never owned him uh, thus far throughout the preseason. And look, I understand why you would pick him, but I, I don't. I don't like the heat as much as everyone else does. I think going into round one for a number of reasons. Firstly, there's so many question marks over what their actual 11 will be throughout the three games of their round. It could be a ton of different uh, options there. And, and the impact of the PM's 11 as well has a big one. The PM's 11 players aren't expected to come in until the third game of the double. So that's not too bad, but it does mean that you know certain players might only play two games there. There are some injury concerns around certain players there. Michael Nisa come in in quite a similar role to Paul Walter. If he plays tonight, which it's looking more and more like he might do, if not game one, he probably plays game two. Walter, look, his numbers from the Vitality Blast this year over in the UK, the T20 tournament, were good. 17 games, 363 runs at an average of 21. Strike rate won 57.8. He had 12 wickets, economy of nine. So like if you can put all this together, I understand the appeal, especially 105K. But, you know, I hate particularly more so batters rather than bowlers. Internationals come in for their first look in Australia because it takes some time to adapt to the conditions. As I mentioned before, that second game for the Heat over in Adelaide looks like there's going to be a ton of rain. They might play every single over, but... That's just another question, mate. I just see a lot of red flags around a lot of super coach options for the Heat. So not for me, Walter, but look, he could come out, you know, hit his 20-plus at a strike rate of 180, get the bonus there and take a couple of, couple of poles in all three games. So I see why people are going there, but he's not in my team. Next question from Justin. He asks, thoughts on Nisa, Matty Short and Karen can only take two. Provided, obviously, Nisa's name tonight... Uh, it's a pretty easy one for me, Nisa and Curran. Curran's a star, one of the best roles in Supercoach and also a bloke I'm looking at captaining. I'll get to my captains shortly. Nisa, look, maybe doesn't play all three games of round one, but even if he gets two of them, despite being a pretty high price tag, another one with a great all-rounder role uh, and one a bloke I'm really keen on. Matty Short, just a huge price tag for a bloke only playing one game. Plus, you've now got that rain concern for the strikers game. So just find a way to get to him in round two, have a plan in place, uh, and that's the way I'd be going. Question from Riley, Andrew Ty or David Payne? Look, it depends which way, how your squad is set up. Because obviously, if we're looking, you know, only at round one, Andrew Ty, because he plays two games. David Payne only plays the one for the strikers. At round two, David Payne gets the double for the strikers and ties, you know, probably becomes a sell from round two onwards. So, all based on your team setup. Look, if you want to store David Payne on your bench, because you probably wouldn't need to play him in round one anyway because there are so many teams on the double. I'd lean towards going uh, AJ Ty. Uh, but if you're happy with the doubles you've got and your starting 11 is, is all nice and set up, Payne is a solid one to store on your bench. I'm finding it really difficult to know. I, I want to store, like, ideally two strikers players on my bench for the round two double. It's difficult because, again, there's so much uncertainty around their lineup. And God forbid if that if their first game in, in the first round, our first game for the, the strikers gets rained out and we don't even get team lists, we won't even know roles. So that's going to be a nightmare. As I said, I wanted Henry Thornton stored on my bench, but 
with all their, their quick options, they've got Payne, they've got Agar, and there's a bit, un- bit of uncertainty around James Basley as well. So a little bit uncertain, but look, he's, he is their UK import Payne, and he probably does play both games for the double, so he's probably the safest of those options uh, to bank, if that's the way you're looking. Uh, the million-dollar question from Kyle Jones, do we think Aaron Hardy bowls now with all the lineup changes at the Scorchers? We really... The answer is I don't know because we don't know what their lineup is going to look like. They have so, so many options. Uh, in our predicted lineup at the moment, it's already got, you know, they've got four quicks in, Berendorf, Kelly, Richardson, and Ty there. Uh, Kelly's under an injury cloud, so their latest recruit, Liam Haskett, he could come in as well. There are fitness concerns over Ashton Agar. If Ashton Agar doesn't play, Cooper Connolly probably becomes the front line. Well, not probably. He'll be the front line spinner for them, I think. So Connolly would be a massive role, but... Like there's a chance that what if Agar does play and Cooper Connolly plays, they've all of a sudden got a ton of bowlers, and I would say Hardy probably doesn't. He has been bowling regularly though. He bowled a little bit in the back end of last tournament. Put it this way: if I was buying Aaron Hardy at a at a fairly hefty price, I wouldn't be banking on him bowling overs. Um, and again, the round one team list when it does come out for the Scorchers, forty minutes before their first game, that'll tell a lot. Uh, but I think if you're buying Hardy, buy him as a batsman, not expecting overs. If he does end up bowling a few overs, you know, he becomes nearly, it'll be too late, but he becomes nearly a must-have for round one with that role batting at number three. So that's how I'm playing it. And depending on the round one lineup, I've got a, it's a bit hard because the Scorchers are playing so late in the round, but I have a few little options to maybe get him in if required, if I do think he's going to bowl uh, come game one. Question from Corey. Uh, it's a bit all over the shop, but basically what he's asking is, is it okay to have only two Heat players in his side? He sort of says that, you know, if Nisa comes in, he'd quite happily bring in a third, but he could pot uh, Colin Munro and still run with two in sort of Billings and Nisa if need be. Uh, the answer to that is absolutely. I think people are getting way too wound up on the Brisbane Heat. Rain concern for their second game. Roster instability fitness concerns over a lot of key players, Spencer Johnson being one of them. Does he play all three games in six days? We don't know. Michael Neese, does he play three games in six days? We don't know. I think if you want to run with with two Heat players, that is absolutely fine. Question from Jordan. Joel Davies, Tanvir Sanger, Cooper Connolly, or Jack Edwards' greatest cash generator? Uh, I think Tanvir Sanger. He's just he's the absolute class of that list. You know, featured in all five T20s against India over there very recently for Australia. It shows the, the thoughts uh, they have on him. He's a wicket taker, starts at, what, $83,000, has the double in round four, two great loophole games for the Thunder playing early in the round, in round two and three. So I think Tanvi Sanger is the man there. Question from Discovery, climbing, assuming Nisa plays, who scores more, Kuhneman or Walter? I think Matt Kuhneman does. Uh, you know, I don't say it with loads of confidence, but I, I'm, you know, I, he's my my comfortable picking that one enough. In that, you know, if Nisa comes in, does it impact Walter's role? Probably. Uh, where does Walter bat? Does he bat above or below Nisa, who's been in unreal form with the bat? And yeah, just a few issues. Whereas Kuhneman, under the radar a little bit, but probably plays all three games. You know, he probably bowls his overs. So uh, of the two, I'd, I'd lean towards Kuhneman. Question from David on my boy, Nathan Coulton Isle. He says, anyone on Coulton Isle, what's the main case against him? And conversely, is anyone high on him? 
I love Nathan Coulton Isle. He's served me so well over the years. The issue with Coulton Isle is always fitness. And look, I think he's good to go now. I think he probably plays the double. The issue is actually Bryden Chime in. Don't tempt him, Williams. Yeah, absolutely don't. And I can feel myself getting worked up as I speak about him. But Harris Ralph, I think, has only just landed in Australia. So he's not playing the first game for the Stars. He will be available around game two, you would imagine. Now, the benefit for Coulton Isle is that the two games in round one are six days apart. So there's every chance he does play both of them. He can score so well, can hit a bomb, can take a wicket. I just think because there are so many teams on the double in round one, there are so many safer options. Whereas, you know, if there was only like two teams on the double and the Stars were one of them, I'd probably have him in my team and and take that risk. But there are a lot of good options. So uh, just on the risk that he doesn't play the second game and and does get rested, I'll, I'll probably avoid. Question from Braden is Jai Richo, Sean Abbott, Michael Nita and Tom Curran too much? It's not. And they're four blokes I did have in my team initially, but there are fitness concerns over Sean Abbott. I don't know if he's going to be available for the Sixers for the first game. Uh, So just off the back of that, I have taken Sean Abbott out of my team. I don't think he will play if he does get named at the SCG on that Friday night clash against the Renegades, I will be rethinking things, but I don't believe he's going to play at this stage. Uh, Keep an eye out for any reports though, because if he does, no, I don't think it's too much to have all of those guys. Yeah, I know it's taking up a bit of cash, but geez, you can start with a bang. We'll say on that though, just, you know, because the Sixers only have the double in round one and then no more doubles for till a lot later in the tournament. They got there. No other doubles in the tournament. So round one double and then no buys or doubles uh, from rounds two through to nine. So, you know, you could start with two sixes, particularly if they're two guns like that, but you probably don't want another sixes player in there when you're playing the schedule and looking to maximise double game week players. Um, If you do start with both Abbott and Curran, one of them players probably goes to Matty Short in round two anyway, so it could still work. Question from Grimo. Trying to start five of the star five out of the stars and renegades, but only like one star player being Glenn Maxwell. Is it too much to start four renegades players and Maxi, or should I succumb to Stoinis and drop one? Look, you know, ideally speaking, you want a bit of a balance on those double game week players. But that being said, back your gut, mate. If you don't like any stars players, you know, just pick Maxi and go with the the four gades. The thing is, with your four gades that you mentioned, Zampo, Mujib, Sutherland, and Clark. They've all got pretty different roles there outside of Zampa and Mujib, who should play both all their games uh, early on, particularly in their, their two doubles in round one and round three. They'll get their overs. Sutherland goes as a you know a number sort of six batsman. He should be bowling three to four overs as well. And then you've got Joe Clark, who's an opening batsman. Uh, he'll take the gloves in game one with Quinton de Kock not there. So... You know, if you're picking four bowlers, it's a bit different because you're like, well, they can't all take wickets and who risks missing out on overs and all that sort of stuff. But with four different, pretty different roles outside of those two spinners, uh, I, I don't think it's the worst play at all. Question from Simon Massey, who says, speaking to, to our boy Massey Bryden, but could you see a situation where Escanati is not picked for the Scorchers in round one and they prefer the form of Whiteman, Evans, Connolly to open uh, as per... Tim's comments uh, on the earlier podcast this week, it, oh, sorry, in the WhatsApp chat, 
it impacts the Sam Harper decision. Now, this is this is a big one because, like, my gut feel says that, you know, they just go with Cooper Connolly to open or that they run, yeah, say like a, a Connolly, maybe Whiteman um, opening option. Zach Crawley is there to come in. Um, he won't play the first game, but he'll come in uh, later on or will come in not, for, not long after, uh, early in the tournament for the Scorchers. But there's big ramifications because Sam Harper is a guy that's in my team based off uh, SQ Playbook contributor, the great dual champion Andrew Langley. And Sam Harper at the Stars was a guy that I didn't have in my team initially, but he's such a great exponent of the the loopholing, the auto-emergency and captaincy loopholing this season. The Stars have the round one double, the round three double, and then they also have a buy in round two. They then go on and have another another double in round five, followed by round six buy. So he's so great for loopholing, and there's also the upside of him coming in in form and being you know a good T20 cricketer. So th- th- what I'm getting at, though, is that Sam Whiteman, who I've also got in my team, he might not even get into this, this side. They've got Josh Inglis there who can obviously keep, and then Cannon will keep, I should say. Um, but with so many batting options, does Whiteman even make this team? I don't know. If he doesn't, that's fine because he is this near bottom dollar wicket keeper bat, loopholing player that you know we so desperately seek. He's great, but that does take appeal away from Sam Harper because a big part of you know I know why I've got him in my team is the fixture of the stars and him being able to be utilised for the VC loop. So it's even more annoying because Harper and the Stars play in game one, whereas the Scorchers and Whiteman, they don't play until later in the round. So we've sort of got to make a little bit of a decision there. You know, I'd almost... Whiteman could end up batting at sort of number six or so, um, which which is less than ideal. I'd I'd prefer him probably just to not get picked almost so that he can be used as a loophole. It makes it tough. It makes it really tough. So I'm really interested to see that Scorchers round one lineup and, and how they line up. But, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see if Escanati is the one to miss out there, but time will tell. Now, let's get on to my trades and skip. Well, not trades. It's round one, isn't it? Um, what my side is doing for round one and if there's been any changes since the podcast a couple of days ago with Maxi Bryden. Look, no major changes to the team as such just yet. I'm keeping a close eye out on a few things. Uh, Aaron Hardy and the way the Scorchers line up, again, being in game four, it makes it a little bit tough. But if they do name a lineup that looks like he might bowl, he becomes such an appealing prospect. So he could come into my team, uh, potentially for Jai Richardson, who Richardson I really don't want to drop. But if it looks like Hardy's going to bowl a bit in bat three, it'd be pretty hard to ignore. Michael Nisa is the big one. He's in my team as it stands. If he doesn't get named for the Heat tonight, he's currently in their squad, so I'm thinking he probably does play, but he may not. Uh, I'll probably bring in Colin Munro. I do like the decks for the Heat games, even though there's uncertainty over the Adelaide game, but the Gabba and then Marnica are the two of their three games where there should be plenty of runs in those, and then Adelaide over, not too, too bad as well. So I like them for Colin Munro. But that, that's probably the major one around Nisa. And my three major or four major cheapies in my team, Menenti, Darcy Short, ugh, Cooper Connolly and Sam Whiteman and Tambi Sang on the bench. Um, 
you know, they're all very role dependent. Let's see how the teams are named. The strikers being a big one there around Manenti and Short with a little bit of uncertainty around there. There's uncertainty around all their roles. There's there's no really lock and load cheapies. Tanvi saying I'm super happy to have in my team. The way the Thunder's draw lines up, the round four double, getting ahead of the game early on that. Sang is so cheap. He should make great coin and he's a great loophole opportunity with the Thunder playing early in rounds two and three. Uh, but shouldn't be too, too many team changes with a bit of luck in that side. Captaincy is one that I have had a bit of a change of heart since the podcast on what did I do it? Tuesday, Monday, whatever it was. Um, I just think there is so much uncertainty around popular heat guys as captains and <clears throat> there's ample opportunity to captain elsewhere. So Spencer Johnson is one that looks a great VC option in game one, but he's also had injury concerns coming into this tournament. Does he play all three games in six days? I don't know. Probably, but not necessarily. Michael Nisa, if we knew he was getting all three games, you'd lock and load him as your, as your VC or your captain, whatever, because of what he's capable of. But you know, he's just pulled out of a PM's 11 game because of soreness. Does he play three and six? I'm not sure. Now, the other thing I'm looking at is someone like Glenn Maxwell, a proven superstar in the game in world cricket, we can vice captain him in game one, and I don't. We we never really know how many overs Max is going to bowl, but he just bowled frequently for for Australia at the World Cup. You know, he's high on confidence. But like, let's say he does bowl a bit, even a couple of overs per game. Between two batting opportunities and two bowling opportunities, he has four major scoring involvements across those two games. I look at someone like Spencer Johnson or Sam Billings. These more popular probably captaincy options because they're you know expected to play three games. Johnson bats down the bottom of the order and will have his three bowling opportunities, best case. That's just, this is also taking into account the rain in Adelaide that, again, may or may not come. We don't know. So that's three major scoring opportunities across three games. Maybe he gets a bit of a crack with the bat, but you know every chance he doesn't. Sam Billings, three cracks with the bat. That's three major scoring opportunities. He doesn't bowl. Maybe takes a few catches uh, behind the stumps. But another one there, the way I'm looking at it, Max is actually going to probably have more, provided he does bowl, more scoring opportunities than these guys. So I'm thinking Glenn Maxwell as a little VC option. Uh, and then Tom Curran is a guy in game two that – if Maxie doesn't do overly well, or Captain Tom Curran. Now, we chatted about it in depth with Maxie, Maxie Bryden on the podcast a couple of days ago, but it does make it a little bit tough loopholing in round one if you're not running someone like Shoudery who, who won't be playing. But if Maxie does go nuts in game one, that may lead to trying to pick a, a non-active player in round one to be able to use this loopholing. So... Look, this all this chat will be in the WhatsApp group for the subscribers and updated as as information drops over the course of the weekend. But as it stands, I've got Maxwell VC, Tom Curran, Captain. Anyway, we'll wrap that up for the first question and answer podcast of the Supercoach Big Bash season. Uh, good luck to everyone in round one. Enjoy.